Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. Our guest today is CEO of Fortune Management, Bernie Stoltz. As CEO, Bernie has led the growth of Fortune Management into the largest and leading postgraduate full immersion practice management program for doctors and their teams. He leads more than 70 coaches in over 50 cities throughout the United States and Canada. In this episode, Bernie dives deeper into doctors' leadership skills, belief systems for success, and practice mastery. And now we continue our conversation with Bernie. There are so many books and and people talking about leadership these days. I mean, you go into Barnes & Noble, it's a huge section, right? But uh, what would you say, Bernie, is your definition of a a true leader? Yeah, I think a a true leader to me is someone that that really will will carry some some key attributes. Uh, I talk about six of them that I think have to be present in every leader. One of them is to have core beliefs. Um, anyone who's going to run any organization in this country today better build that vision on a set of core beliefs. And core beliefs are, I mean, we all have a belief system and, and that's very wide and varied. But the fact of the matter is core beliefs are, are beliefs that will stay with you, that give you certainty in your life, and you will never break them or bend on them. I mean, you look back in, in the history of the world, some of the greatest leaders were people who had core beliefs. Gandhi had core beliefs. Martin Luther King had core beliefs. Um, so so we, we, we really help our doctors to really get clear about what do they really believe in? What do they know to be true? Where is their true certainty from? I think another you know, attribute to leadership is they got to be optimists. And that doesn't mean running a business with a Pollyanna approach. It just means that you got to be able to see things as better than what they really are. Because if you can't see things as as better than what they really are today in your business or in your life, then you're not a leader because it means you lack vision. Right. So it's it's there for sure. The other things that, that I always think come along with leadership is being able to work with a team. And working with a team to me means that you release yourself from the ego. It means that you the minute that any or, that any doctor or leader has to be the smartest the brightest or have all the answers in their organ, in their own organization they've now limited themselves to their own abilities so i think great doctors understand the value of surrounding themselves with people who actually know more than them in certain other areas you can't be perfect or be the expert in everything so i think you got to release yourself you know, from your ego to be able to do that. I think another thing that great leaders do is they do their homework. You know, they, they know that uh, the, the acronym for luck is labor under correct knowledge. And, uh, you know, and the opportunity really, especially in healthcare today, opportunity is everywhere. If you look and if you're prepared, right? Sure. You know, I mean, dur- even during the downtime of the economic recession, call it 2008 through 2012, um, there, was, there were only two sectors of, of the U.S. economy that still grew. 
One of them, of course, was the U.S. government. Big surprise there. But the other one was health care. Sure. And, and so, you know, it's that's something that just never goes out of out of out of vogue. Um, and, and I think the other things that we, we try to bring to that leadership program for doctors is that they do the right thing. And of course, that's based on integrity and also getting them to not get hooked up in what I call perfection paralysis. In other words, decisions are a powerful process and they move you forward. And, and one of the things that plagues a lot of doctors is because of the lack of certainty, which comes from the core beliefs, they, they a lot of times you know, will, will be fearful of making decisions. So I think all of those things are things that, that we work with, with our doctors through our coaching programs and through our live seminars to get them to get that strength. Sure, absolutely. And you mentioned just now that you know healthcare, of course, has, has been expanding over the last couple of years while other industries have been uh, contracting. So what do you say to a doctor that is, is sort of in the mindset of, oh, I can't grow my practice, you know, the economy's down, everybody's, every, nobody's doing well in my town. What do you say to a doctor when they say that? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that we, we have to get clear with anybody in business, whether it be a doctor or whether it be a CEO of any company, is that the problems are never or challenges are never out there. They're always in here. And, you know, the greatest example that I would have people take a look at is Apple Computer and Steve Jobs. People tend to, you know, most anyone today knows that Apple is the most valuable company on the planet. In fact, there's our latest reports are is that Apple may become the first trillion dollar company to ever exist. But here's what people forget. People forget that all of the 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 equity and all of the value and all the growth that Apple had all happened during the deepest, darkest part of the recession from 2008 to 2012. So how is it that, you know, a world can drop into a to a quote unquote recession, but yet there are companies that can still excel through that? And so it's the same thing for any healthcare practice. Um, there, there is so much opportunity out there, but you got to be willing to look for it. Yep. yep. I think that's it. I think you gotta got to look for it and see what opportunities you have with your skills and your team and all that. So, And especially, well, in all of the verticals that we're in, in dentistry, veterinary medicine, optometry, there are so many different areas that they can go into, so many different specialties, so many ways to grow their practice, just if they just look for it. That's exactly right. Well, it's, you know, there's one other thing I, I just would comment on that, too. And, and it also takes something else. It takes doctors who maintain their hunger. There's two types of hunger in any kind of business, including any healthcare practice. There is hunger because we just borrowed a bunch of money and we're starving and, and we're, we're not paying the bills yet. And clearly that that creates a natural hunger called survival. But there's also the hunger at the top. And hunger, hunger and, and that's something that successful doctors and successful businesses never, never lose. You know, and, and, and I would tell you that probably is, I mean, we can talk about distinctions about fortune, the company, but let's talk about some distinctions about the clients that we work with who are the most successful in our programs. And that is, the doctors who are always looking 
to go to another level. You know, there was an old Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, as you know, Kim, yeah. had a great quote, right? When you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you're rot. And there's no in between. And so there's hunger at both ends of the spectrum. There's hunger from starvation, but there's also hunger because you aspire to greatness. I'll tell you what the hardest coaching assignments out there for us are today. And that is the, the, the sheeple, I'll call them, <laughs> that hang out in the middle of a profession who tend to be a little bit reactive. They're, they're still living a good life. They still send their kids to the schools they want to send them to. They, they're still making decent money, but they sit there and complain about what maybe insurance has done to them or what the economy's done or what their team isn't doing or whatever it is. But they're not willing to do anything about it because they don't have the hunger. It's easier just to sit there in the middle and hang out. And so if, if our listeners today are going to take anything away, I mean, you took one thing away and I hope you take a lot of things. But one thing I need you to take away is you got to stay hungry. And that's not chronological. You know, I, uh, I celebrated my 55th birthday this year. And I'll tell you what, I'm probably more hungry and more passionate about what we're doing and how we're helping healthcare and and what we're doing. And, you know, obviously one of our mantras is how do we help doctors to turn their dreams into their realities? And that's that's a hunger that comes from within. So, I mean, hunger is where it starts, I think. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, so switching gears just a little bit, I'm curious how you would describe how Fortune got into different verticals. We've expanded into these other successful um, areas of healthcare and really impacting other people's lives. How did that come about? Well, I think I think two ways. Number one is it is that the need was there. Um, whether you're a, a private practitioner, dentist, or optometrist, or veterinarian, or plastic surgeon, you know there are certain profound truths. We talked about profound truths before. There's certain profound truths that don't change, and all of these verticals have something in common. And the commonality is, is that they are all small businesses. They all control their own destiny. They all have the, the need to excel in what's called the maximization of human capital. They all need the market. They all need to have a business acumen. They all need to have repeatable systems. They all need to have a great vision. So, I mean, it's... It, it's it's really, you know, the, the the there might be some systems changes from an optometrist to a, a dental practice, but the reality of it is, is they all need executive coaching. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and that's also important, too. I mean, if there is one distinction that I think is maybe a little bit of our secret sauce more than than any other in our space. And I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, there are a lot of choices today that a doctor in any of those modalities can make as far as where to go seek help. But what I would encourage people to do is, is w- there is a much, much more narrower uh, arena of companies who have stood the test of time of 25 years and have evolved the way we've evolved over 25 years in being attuned to the market and what's changed. And But I think the secret sauce is that we always come from the executive coaching hat, which means that, you know, as opposed to a consultant, I mean, there, uh, too many times I hear out there in the field, 
where the team is fearful or upset because the doctor just went and hired a consultant who has now come in and put their expectations on the doctor, on the team, and they've, they've really jammed that, that practice into a cookie cutter mold and a lot of times square pegs being jammed into round holes. And we just have never played the game that way. We have always, always come from a position of tell us where you are right now, tell us what your vision is for the future and where you want to go with this thing, and then let us, with strategy, let us help you to get there, but do it through a coaching uh, mode and not through a consulting mode. That That's huge. I, I think what I would uh, take away again for any doctor listening today is be very fearful of people out there in this profession who are going to make you a bunch of promises about what they can do and maybe they've not even come in and, and did an analysis of your practice or even more importantly, sat down and asked you what was, what was perfect for you, what was most important for you and what would have to happen for you to feel that you really, really got what you wanted. Exactly, because there's too many people out there trying to consult and tell you what your vision is. I don't have the audacity to tell my clients what what their vision should be. Um, I don't think anybody should, so I just love it. Thank you for that distinction. I think that's really important between coaching and consulting. So let's let's sort of, we've looked at the last 25 years and where we are now. Bernie, take us into the future. Where What's the future of fortune management? Ah, the future. Well, <laughs> I, I think in some regards... You don't, you, don't, you don't fix what's not broken. I mean, I think one of the things that, that we encourage every client and, and team in our network is that their year-to-year uh, tweaking of their, of their vision plan or annual plan would be really to build a better, a better, vi- a better version of the company that they're now in. In other words, I think, and, and that starts with leadership and vision and the CEO or whatever it is, but it's about making sure that you don't sit pat on your hand. Um, one of the things that we are, are more and more committed to today is really getting as many of our teams to what I call the zone of maximization. Now, what does zone of maximization mean for any practitioner that might be listening today? I'll tell you, it's where they want to be. It is when that practice is not only the most productive and profitable, but it's also when probably 90% of their energy is focused externally on their customer. And it's all about how do we add more value through our chosen profession than anybody else in our profession. And I think, you know, one of the things that we we believe it's one of our mantras at fortune is if we teach it, we do it ourselves as an organization. And if we don't teach it, we don't do it. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so anything that we're going to advise any client or doctor or team on, you can bet we're going to walk our own talk. So with that in mind, I think we're looking to do the same thing. I, I think, uh, you know, as, as one of the leaders of this company, my, my challenge to anybody at Fortune is how are you going to add more value this year than, than next year? And, and one of the things we're learning, too, and th- this is also a huge takeaway for our listeners today, is to understand that 
there are three levels of practice mastery. And let me say what those are, because I think that's important for every listener to identify what they've mastered in their practice and what they haven't mastered in their practice. So I think the very basic level of mastery, and by the way, this is not just in your in your uh, practices, but it's also the same three levels of mastery in your life. So what's the first level? The first level is cognitive mastery. Cognitive mastery means that you now know what to do. It means that in in a practice, it means you know what systems you need to do. You know that you gotta have a recare system. You know you've gotta have scheduling methodology. You know the things that you need to do. You know that you need to put a a good team together. You know that you have to have a, a laser focused vision. So, you know, most people in life know what to do. But unfortunately, most people don't do what they know. So that leads to the second level. And this is where the coaching comes in. Because the second level of, of practice mastery is emotional mastery. And emotional mastery means now that not only do you know what to do and you have all the cognitive information, but you know why to do it. And the team knows why to do it. And you have the passion to want to go do it. And you're hungry, that that word hunger that I talked about earlier. So it's all of those things that make emotional mastery. But you know what? You can go one step further. And that is there's a lot of people out there in business and practice and in life who they have the cognitive knowledge and they also have the longing and the hunger, but it takes a third level too. And the third level is the most important one and that's the physical mastery. Physical mastery is when a team of professionals knows what to do, knows why to do it with hunger and with passion and then goes and does it and actually implements it and makes it happen. And I can tell you that that emotional and physical mastery can always be done better with a coach because those are the, those are the things that a coach can help you with. So I, I think where we're going, as a, as a, first of all, I think there's, there's no roads where we're going as, as, uh, as, as a famous line in the movie went. But um, I think what you're going to see moving forward is you're going to see us obviously using technology uh, to, to the extreme I mean, already, the more and more things that we have that are cloud-based continue to grow. I mean, all of our monitoring systems are cloud-based. Our HR programs are cloud-based now today. Uh, You're going to see us going deeper and deeper into fulfilling the need for marketing and marketing advice and strategy. And, of course, we know marketing now is huge in all the modalities that we're coaching today. We know that uh, not only the, on the front end has there got to be effective branding and and identity, but there, you know, there's so much that has to do with the internet and the presence of a, of a great website. Also, another dimension of marketing today that we, we need to continue to excel in is social media marketing. A topic we didn't even have to teach or speak about 10 years ago is now for, it is the way now today that any business controls the story in the marketplace about their brand or their service or who they are. And then, of course, there's the other three that we've always, I think, done pretty well at, but will continue to to excel. And that's external marketing, which is, by the way, changing immensely. Um, The way a doctor or team 
needs to externally market today is completely different than it was a decade ago. It used to be a decade ago you could you could do direct mail or magazines or newspapers or radio. You can't do that. You cannot buy new patients today. But you need to, you know, it's it's about cloning your patient base through the referral system and by being internally great. And of course, that leads to the fourth area, which is, you know, how are these teams going to be purple cow? And how are they going to be unique, amazing, and memorable? Because that's what human beings want. We are, live in a much more sophisticated society today where 72%, you know, for instance, 72% of anybody looking for a new dentist are going to make that decision online and they're going to be dependent on not just referrals, but but reviews, online reviews, you know? Yeah. And then, and then I think the other thing that we also need to continue to excel, and I think we've always lived in this arena, but I think we'll continue to expand it, and that is what I call the power to influence. Said differently, that's case presentation, enrollment skills, but let me say it even in a di- more different way. It's about how good are these doctors and teams at making an emotional connection with every patient. Because the fact of the matter is, the procedures that they want to do are not logical. They're emotional in, in nature. And so we're, we're all about teaching the emotions of influence. So that's where I think we're going in the future and where we'll continue to head. Absolutely. People buy for emotional reasons, don't they? And back it up yep. with logic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about, I always like our listeners to know a little bit more about our guests that we have on our podcast. You, Bernie, you obviously, you've obviously go out, you do keynotes, you speak about 100 days a year, so you're influencing people. But who has been an influence on you and your life and your philosophy? Well, I think, I think there's been a, a few people in my life. I mean, first of all, I, I became a, a partner and friend with Tony Robbins at a point in my life. Uh, you know, a little background on me is that from the time I was, you know, 19 uh, to the time I was about 33, I was all about personal achievement in my life and some of the early Early people that I studied were people like Zig Ziglar and Dale Carnegie and Dr. Dennis Whaley. And I was always a student of personal achievement. Um, and, and by the way, that led me to create the first five companies that I did in my life. And, and they were all pretty successful at making money. But I think what they all lacked was a power of purpose. I, and it's one of the things I tell my kids today who are now adults themselves. But basically what I've always challenged them was to have a couple core beliefs. One core belief was that, um, you know, there's no limits in this universe. You can have whatever you want if you're truly committed. But also what I've also encouraged them is to never go into any kind of a business or career where you're buying things and selling things and living on the margins in between. Because at the end of the day, you might make the money, but money in, in itself is not enough. You gotta have purpose, you gotta have passion, and you gotta have meaning to what you do. And you got to know that what you're doing really makes a difference and matters and uh, and motive matters. And um, and so at 33 years old, I was at a crossroads in my life where I had a lot of success, but I wasn't happy. And I think a lot of people probably listening to this show today probably have always have been in that place. You know, it's like you got the goal and now, you know, what's next? And 
And, and I was in that place. And, and that was at a time in my life when Tony had just came out, Tony Robbins just came out with one of his, his I think his best piece, single piece of work, which was Awaken the Giant Within. And I was that guy who was kind of drawn toward the business and personal development section of the Barnes and Noble. And here I see this guy with this title, Awaken the Giant Within. And that was exactly where I was in my life. And, and what I knew, you know, 22 years ago now, I knew that I was more than what I was living. And uh, the rest of that relationship really became history. But I, I think that's really what some of the things, and, and I had some, and I mean, God, I came from, from, from good parents. They've made a difference in my life who uh, didn't come from money, but they, but they certainly taught me how to love and how to live. And I think that's important as well. And, and of course, the greatest decision I ever made was uh, to the, the lady that I married 30 years ago. So, and, and I think that helps. It, it helps to be able to go out and, and do seminars and teach on things like communication and relationships when you've uh, when you actually have been in a marriage for 30 years. So all those things, I think, have culminated to, you know, to where I am and what's really given me a set of core values. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Do you have a favorite quote, Bernie? You know, I got it. As you know, Kim, I have about 100 <laughs> of them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if there was one that I think is it, it, it's not my oldest one, but it's one that's top of mind today. Uh, it's, it's something that Tony Shea, the founder of Zappos, uh, said in his book a couple of years ago. And he said, he said, chase the vision and the dollars will chase you. And I think that that is never more true than in, in health, in the healthcare sector. I think it's true in every sector, but even more, uh, magnified in healthcare because Healthcare really needs to be about taking care of people first. And that means on an emotional level, too. It means that the greatest doctors in the world are not the ones who fix the teeth or examine the eyes or, or work on the, the pet. The greatest doctors in the world are the ones that treat the body, the mind, the spirit, the heart, and the soul. And that comes from true caring and true goodness. And that probably leads me to one of the core beliefs that that I think not only has directed my life, but has also, I think, helped me to direct fortune management over a long period of time. And that is the belief that the secret to living is giving and to tap into the law of attraction, which says that, you know, the universe doesn't know how to say no. It only knows how to say yes. And whatever we send out is how that universe is going to respond. And, and the more and more we can, we can impress upon our, our teams out there and our doctors to live these proactive lives that are all about solution and all about opportunity and all about what's great about this world and what's great about their profession. And the more that they can send out the positive messages of love and caring and goodness, the more it's going to come back to them. I've never, ever uh, been involved with any kind of relationship, whether business or personal, where I truly, truly tried to go give and it did not come back to me tenfold. And I think it, it's that's one of the, it, that is absolutely a takeaway that, that I hope the listeners take away today. 
Wonderful. Awesome. Well, Bernie, thank you so much for sharing some time with our listeners and thank you for who you are for our company and thank you for who you are for our clients and the healthcare industry as a whole because they need our help. And uh, I think they'll, they'll get your passion from listening to this. Well, thank you, Kim. And right back at you. I appreciate who you are. You and I uh, have been together for a long, long time. And I believe that we've made a major difference in a lot of people's lives. And uh, it's just a joint of pleasure. I appreciate what you're doing here and I appreciate who you are. So thank you, Kim McGuire. (laughs) Thank you, Bernie Stoltz. And it's so fun to celebrate 25 years of fortune management. Can't wait to see what the future brings us. You bet. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on Fortune Management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com. 